Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again. I am back. I had a redo, and it looks like uh, I may be back this time uh, for good. Just right now, let's see uh, if I can get uh, a phone call in here and see what happens and see if it works. If not, then uh, we're going to have to call it a wrap. And uh, uh, and uh, call it a wrap and see what happens here. Hello? Call, call on the line. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, have a good day. All right, people, we're back. Um, like I said, we're talking about the matchups, and we're going to run down these matchups because uh, I – I uh, got about an hour left in the show. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I got disconnected, um, but we're back again, and uh, uh, we're going to go through these matchups. Let's uh, talk about the um, Patriots and the Jets, okay? Uh, and uh, what uh, to expect here. Patriots are hurting extremely uh, weak on the skill positions. Julian Edelman's out. Um, Brandon LaFell and Danny Amendola are questionable, and more than likely uh, Amendola is not going to play. Um, and uh, Brandon LaFell, the game-time decision, they're playing in MetLife Stadium. The Jets um, surely need this to stay in the playoff hunt. The uh, Pats are, have already clinched uh, the division but need to still win one more game to get that number one seed that they uh, need to um, get in the uh, AFC. Um, the Jets are 5-2 and two at home. The Pats are 5-1 and one on the road. <coughs> two, hated, two teams that hate each other. Story rivalry. Um, and uh, Tom Brady is more than likely going to do his thing. Uh, you definitely play Tom Brady in here. There's no two ways about it. Jets can be passed on, even though they do have uh, Revis and his island. Uh, it's not like what it used to be, but they still can be passed on. Um, I think they use James White uh, is a good um, RB2 and and at, at best, uh, at least a uh, flex position, uh, especially in PPR. They're going to lean on him heavily in the passing game, especially if Amendola and, uh, um, and uh, LaFell are out. Quite naturally, they have Ron Gritkowski. Um, to to throw to possibly Scott Chandler uh, another option and use two tight end sets to to, to, to pass the football along with uh, using Keyshawn Martin uh, but James White's going to be used a lot coming out of the backfield and the Jets can be passed on even though they're number three in preventing fantasy points out of the running back position um, I think their their vulnerability in their defense is the passing game Ryan Fitzpatrick has been super hot. Uh, you're definitely going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick in your championship. There was no two ways about it. He's been super hot. He's got two great options to go to, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Um, the Patriots are not one of the better teams in defending the wide receiver position, even though they're in the top 15. They're number 13 in preventing points in fantasy position uh, on the wide receiver, number 11 in running back, and number five in the quarterback. But I think at home with the Jets rolling as they have with two uh, definitely good two receivers that complement each other in uh, Eric Decker and uh, Brandon Marshall, that both of these guys, along with Bilal Powell, who's been taking away touches from um, 
Chris Ivory are absolutely great options to use in your fantasy football championship. All right, let's move on to another matchup. <coughs> and the weather is supposed to be overcast and 56, 50, about 50 something degrees. Should be a great day for football weather. Let's move on to the Texans, my Texans, who are leading the, the AFC South division, um, playing an AFC South rival in the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Uh, supposed to be up in the high 60s and rainy. Not ideal conditions, um, but the Texans going up against the 3-11 Titans. Um, Cecil Shorts is out uh, because of his hamstring. Brian Hoyer is uh, is uh, um, questionable. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's out. If I'm not mistaken, if I excuse, excuse me, if I heard right, he's not playing Brandon Wheaton. Yes, people, the Brandon Wheaton. Going to be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. One thing that's been a revolving door for the Houston Texans is the quarterback position, and Brandon Whedon happens to be the one in the, through the door this week. He's going to be starting against the three and eleven Titans on a two-game losing streak, and they've, they've only won one game at home. They've lost six. This is their last game at home um, for the for this season against their, uh, their division rival. The uh, Texans need this to stay one game ahead of the uh, Colts for the AFC South uh, um, crown, um, but they're three or four on the road. This is no brainer. This not a this is not a no brainer, especially with a backup of the backup quarterback. So uh, Brandon Whedon, I think, be able to throw to DeAndre Hopkins and um, probably uh, Chris Polk, and it's not somebody I would play, but I. I in a desperation move, um, it's Brandon Weaven. He he likes to check it down. He doesn't really like to throw the ball deep. He's not a d- great deep ball thrower. He's a Mr. Checkdown. So I, I see him utilizing DeAndre Hopkins short, utilizing utilizing the uh, running back position short, and uh, um, not so much the uh, the um, uh, the tight end position. The Tennessee Titans are uh, 21st in preventing fantasy points in the tight end position, 25th in the same uh, preventing fantasy points in the quarterback position. They do defend their running back position well uh, and uh, are um, 18th in preventing the wide receiver position. Since the Tennessee Titans um, defend that position, meaning running back position well, and that's the weakness of the Houston Texans, I uh, see that the Houston Texans will be uh, uh, throwing the ball more, which they have been more of a throwing team versus a running team. You got a caller on the line. I think I know who this is, but let's bring the caller on the line and see what he's got to say. Caller from the 973, welcome to the master plan. Uh, State your name and uh, um, any question or comment that you got to make. Hey, Jerry, this is me, Jeff. How you doing? What's up, Jeff? Uh, I read your uh, email I got on the air this morning uh, earlier, and uh, – uh, I, I was impressed, Jeff. I, I really liked what you had had, had to say there, <coughs> and it was it was directed and and true to the point. Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I've been, you know, it's, you know, I, I've I've been tired of Beckham for a while. I mean, talent <coughs> forgives a lot, but right. just uh, even since last year, I mean, you know, believe me, if this was a practice squad guy. 
he would have been gone a long time ago. I, I don't – and at this point, it's like New York sports radio has been all Beckham all week. And right. I, I don't think I mentioned this in the email. I, I don't get Tom Coughlin. It's like he uh, he finds guys for not watching the jocks, but he lets, uh, you know, this uh, ding-a-ling uh, run amok right. during the game. I mean, yep. you know, it, it's like so – you know, he's supposed to be some kind of a disciplinarian – He's more like the fashion police. He's more worried about guys wearing white after Labor Day. <laughs> I don't get this guy. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I would have had re- if he would have after the game said, you know, because he said something stupid after the game, like he wasn't aware or something. It's like that. I, I, if he would have just said, "Hey, I'm trying to win a game here," you know. Uh, but even so, it's like you can't win a game. He should have been ejected. You can't win a game with your guy ejected, and because the refs. Probably because they're not supposed to kick guys out of games, but it does happen, and they should be empowered to do so. And, well, they are empowered. Um, they are empowered they, to kick guys sure out of the game. You know, you know what a job sometimes when people are afraid to do anything, and I think right. that's what these cats are like because they're like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to get in trouble. If I do that, I'm going to get in trouble. I kick a star player out of a game, I'm going to get in trouble. So because he didn't get kicked out, he ends up missing this week 16 game at Minnesota which is now, quote, meaningless. Um, and, you know, this game is, is driving me nuts because it's easy to forget the Vikings are playing outdoors this season. Yep. And it, it's supposed to be like 13 degrees uh, tonight in Minnesota. I mean, which isn't that bad because, you know, a lot of these guys wear gloves and as long as the wind isn't too high, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think by next year they'll be back inside the Dome. Personally, I don't I don't have a problem with outdoor games in the cold weather, but I think they should always be played during the day. But mm-hmm. all I care about is TV ratings. You know, like when they have the playoff games at night, that's all right. Just only the Southern or the uh, Dome Stadium games. Uh, and now, it the depending on uh, two of the earlier games, the Vikings might have a clinch the playoff berth. So uh, if that's the case, and I can't blame them, they, I think they'll still suit up the guys, but they could uh, they could bench Peterson or, or rest Peterson. And uh, I, they might rest Bridgewater, too, because he's been banged up. Um, and uh, But I'll tell you, though, for, for a ma- matchup-wise, you know, the Giants, they, I mean, you know, in the NFL – you know, some some defenses give up a lot to the running game, and some give up a lot to the passing game. The Giants, they got a Mandy defense, and I, I don't usually <laughs> quote Barry Manilow songs. You know where I'm going, but they give and they give without taking because matchup wise, yeah. you know, Giants give up a lot to quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and in particular, tight ends. Gi- Giants haven't covered a tight end all season. Yeah, you're um, right. And that 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 position is very matchup uh, based, you know. Um, but that's and then I'll tell you, I, I I heard I've been hearing a couple things, and this is no confirmation. I don't know if you mentioned it that there was talk that uh, Peyton Manning was using uh, HGH to come back yeah. from uh, the neck injury, mm-hmm. which I don't. That was back when he was playing with uh, Indianapolis and. Uh, they might not have been checking for it at the time. And, you know, it's one of those things we'll never know how prevalent that is in the NFL. Right. And I'll tell you, I, I heard a doozy this morning. I, I, I don't think it'll happen that the Giants are going to bring Re- Rex Ryan to, to be the head coach next year. 
Uh, I, I, I can't. Happening. I can't. That that's not happening. He's got. He's got a contract to Buffalo Bills. Yeah, well, <clears throat> they don't fire him because all of a sudden he forgot how to coach defense. Well, um, let me ask you. Let me ask you something, Jeff, because I I had posed this to um, Victor yesterday on 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 his show on uh, his show yesterday that I think, uh, and I'm looking, and I'm not just saying if this year, I'm looking at history uh, over the last three years at least, if not a little, maybe a little longer, maybe four years, three or four years, somewhere around there, including this year, that um, the vaunted Rex Ryan defense is not as vaunted as most people think. Um, it, he may be strong against the running, but it seems like, the, including this year and the last two years he was with the Jets, that uh, his defenses uh, may be strong up the front seven, but the backside of it can be torched uh, repeatedly. What's your thoughts on that? I, I'm saying Rex Ryan and his defensive prowess is overrated. Well, well, the thing is, uh, Rex got screwed his last year in New York because, you know, the cupboard was bare, and his defense usually it, it was uh, he'd have uh, two great corners, and that mm-hmm. would enable him – you know, these were guys who could, uh, you know, you didn't worry about in man coverage. And then, you know, he could blitz and do a lot of other stuff with, with the front seven, and he didn't have to worry about the corners. And then last year, they had lousy corners. They had lousy everything last year. And uh, so he kind of gets a pass on that. But, you know, uh, you know, Buffalo looked like a pretty good and a pretty talented defense going into this season. And it's just exactly. for whatever reason – it, it, you know, it's not happening, and I, you know, I, I don't know it, Rex, and he doesn't strike me. Giants, they, they want low-key professional guys, which you know, Rex has toned down his antics a little, and he's not a bad guy at all. I mean, the local media love that guy. I think it's because mm-hmm. they hated Mangini so much, who wouldn't even say hello to them. And, well, exact, Rex, he was the exact opposite. He was yeah, always exactly. a soundbite waiting to happen. So, and, and the media, I think they gave Rex a break. You know, when he wasn't winning. Or when he had that uh, notorious foot scandal, they gave him a break because they they love the guy, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know the, the Giants, they they don't they don't want a, a coach who you know a head coach who's going to talk smack or have a foot scandal or or anything like that. They don't want that kind of guy. I mean, uh, it, it's probably the end of the line for Coughlin. I I can't understand this guy. Um. I mean, I don't have anything against him. Uh. But uh. You know, I I would like to see see they got to find the right guy, try to find like uh, like the Steelers have traditionally done. You know, find like a very sharp young, you know, coordinator, promote him to head coach, and then mm-hmm. stick with him for a long time. I mean, uh, uh, like Mike Tomlin, you know, uh, and prior to that, you know, uh, uh, Cower and, and Noel, who all got those head coaching jobs when they were young men. And, right. Uh, but these were all very capable guys, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, like people, whatever job is open, they talk about guys like uh, Cower being available or Gruden. I don't see, first of all, those guys, I, I think Cower is pretty much safe in retirement. These guys, if they're going to come, they want to call the shots, and that's not going to happen with the Giants because they've got, you know, ownership and executives calling the shots. <laughs> So and and they don't use they, historically they haven't brought in those type of big name guys. Um, I just I, I don't see them bringing in somebody like that. Um, and uh, I'll tell you though, also, you know, you got to me at the, in this NFL, head coach and GM, those are two full time jobs. 
and also you need checks and balances. And that's probably why it isn't working for uh, Chubb Kelly in uh, Philly or uh, we call Chubb KKK Kelly or whatever. <laughs> that's a few nicknames for that guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, it's one of those things you can't prove, you know, and, and, and something like that can ruin a, a, a pro athlete or coach's career. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. And, and, you know, uh, like uh, – I I don't know if it's with Kelly making him being, not, you know, not a good GM. And also I think, you know, after two years they figured out his system. Because once you get past the big deal about the hurry up and the no huddle, once you get past that, it's a very simple offense, you know? Right. And, uh, I, I, I you know, he had two 10-6 seasons. What did he do? And then they let him uh, run the team. And, you know, they signed a, a big contract to DeMarco Murray. They don't even use him right. I mean, uh, he's another guy I can't figure out, you know. Uh, well, but I'll tell you, uh, I did I, – I'm oh, sorry. I, I liked that offense when it first came into the NFL just because it was like a breath of fresh air. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's not working anymore. <laughs> well, I, in, my, in my opinion, I, I, and this is another thing I expressed to Vic, that I think that – uh, it's obvious that DeMarco Murray doesn't fit into that uh, offensive scheme Chip Kelly has. And if Chip Kelly is still there, uh, I think that DeMarco Murray is going to be used as a trading chip to some other team that needs a, a running back um, versus uh, – because his, his salary really is not um, a big-time salary for a running back. Uh, so uh, I, I'm not saying he's cap-friendly, but he's, he's – uh, He's fairly cap friendly to a team that's in, in need of a, a running back, and I can see that that him being moved because they got two running backs, and they can always draft a, a younger running back because uh, he, he Chip Kelly and seem like the organization is uh, uh, salary conscious. They got Ryan Matthew at at a pretty decent rate, and they have already have Darren Sproles. Um, uh, the big ticket running back is DeMarco Murray, and he's not that really big of a ticket compared to some of these other running backs that um, are playing. Uh, I can see him being moved uh, in the offseason to some team that uh, really needs a running back uh, because it's, it's like oil and water. That system that Chip Kelly runs and, and DeMarco Murray uh, is like oil and water. It just doesn't mix. And it's best to, in my opinion, to get something from that versus having it stay there and it be a, a dysfunctional to the team, and because I understand that it's been a a uh, um, a locker room or what, what have you nightmare. Uh, the the um, way Demarco Murray has been handling this and how he reacts to the rest of the team. So it'd probably be best for him to be moved on from whatever to whatever team that uh, can put a fair deal, fair, fair deal, excuse me, fair deal together to get him. Uh, and uh, if Chip Kelly, and I have a strong feeling that Chip Kelly may still be there, but it's a possibility. Jeffrey Laurie may say, you know, what, this is enough failed experiment. We move on. And we basically have to rebuild because once you move on from a, uh, um, a, a coach that been, calling all the shots. Uh, you got to get a GM in place if you don't have one. And then you got to get a head coach for that GM to, to, to work with. So Philly's um, got a lot of, a lot of issues going into the off season to, 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 to um, iron out and thank God I don't have to be the one to do it. All right, let's move on from another game that I have. This is uh, Excuse um, me, bro. I, I, 
I, I got a split. Um, well, no problem, man. Good, I appreciate good, you. Good your phone call. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, some of the stuff already, like with the Vikings possibly resting guys, is why championship games should play be played week sixteen, not seventeen. Yep. But I know you're with yep. me on that. So yep, yep. All right. Yep, well, yep. good luck this week if you're still playing in any leagues. Well, I'm playing the Parley Palace, man. I got in the championship round there, so oh, we'll see what right, happens. That's right. Congrats. I mean, I'm I'm still in the consolation bracket, and I mm-hmm. can't believe it. I'm probably sitting Adrian Peterson just to be safe. Go figure. So, <laughs> so, so good luck to you. All righty. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Take care. Have a good Have a good day. All right, that was Jeff. Uh, he's my co one of my co hosts on the FSP Crew Show on Thursday night. Um, I know the last few weeks, 8 p.m. on Thursday, we have not been there. But next week, we definitely will be there, 8 p.m., New Year's Eve. We're going to be talking about uh, week 17. We're going to be talking about the uh, uh, the uh, year-ending sports since that's New Year's Eve, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, our show, 8 to 9. you still be able to enjoy your New Year's or go to get to your New Year's party. Um, but uh, tune in. Um, I'll be there. I'm not sure who else will be there, but I'll definitely be there. Uh, on New Year's Eve. Anyway, let's get to this uh, Kansas City and uh, Cleveland. Um, we don't pick winners and losers here. We just pick fantasy relevance, and especially in the championship round. Uh, on the um, on this side, Kansas City is one of the best teams uh, defending against the uh, um, uh, tight end position. One of the best teams. In fact, they're the best team at preventing fantasy points uh, against the tight end position. So, they're all you Gary Barnage types. I know you've been balling out for you, but I'm telling you right now that their linebackers and safeties are very good, and Gary Barnage is going to have a hard time in Kansas City doing what he's normally been doing this whole season. So, temper your expectations on that. There's one guy I like, not it's not Johnny Manziel, I got to believe his favorite target is not the tight end, even though usually the favorite target for a young quarterback is a tight end position, Travis Benjamin. He always seems to find and makes big plays at Travis Benjamin and the Kansas City Chiefs are 29th preventing fantasy points against that position, which is the wide receiver position. So I do love Travis Benjamin um, in this position, wide receiver too, definitely in the flex because he's going to get targeted and I can see him getting a big play and making a trip into the end zone. On the other side of the ball, Cleveland's defense is lower tier, lower tier. 24th against the quarterback, 22nd against the running back, 25th in preventing fantasy points in the wide receiver position. All three positions down in the 20s. Uh, So, Kansas City, who's vying for that AFC West uh, title and a, and a definitely for a playoff position, has to win out. They have a seven-game winning streak going on, and I can't see them not uh, putting up fantasy points in in, in, uh, um, in this game. They're nine and five, still like I said, still fighting for a wide why wild card spot or the title. It's that title still in reach for the Kansas city chiefs. And I see them rolling in here and I see Shakandrick West, uh, balling out, uh, Spencer Ware, balling out those two guys. If, if 
either one of them is not healthy. The other one's going to really take advantage of the um, of the um, uh, um, Cleveland defense that is extremely bad, extremely bad. I, more, I like Chikandra West more than I like Spencer Ware right now. Um, quite naturally, Jeremy Macklin. There is no decent DB that can stay with Jeremy Macklin, who's been getting targeted early and often. Um, and I can't see uh, that changing. He's got four touchdowns over the last four games. Um, and I don't see any other wideout really doing anything. So if you got Jeremy Macklin playing with confidence, uh, let's let's move on to another game. Uh, we got several games here and they're not uh, about 35 minutes left. So let's move on to another game. Here we go. Uh, we got the uh, – oh, do I really have to go this – I think these two, these two teams are have the same record, five and nine. Or five and, five and nine, I think they have, which is the Colts and the Dolphins, if I'm not mistaken. I think they have the same record. Uh, but there's always fat fantasy relevance in every each and every game. Uh, the Colts are six and eight. I'm sorry, and the Dolphins are five and nine, and they they've lost the last two games. And uh, I don't know who's sinking faster, the Colts or the uh, Dolphins, but each one of these teams um, are really um, haven't been and aren't playing well. Matt Hasselbeck's been banged up. Andrew Luck's not playing this week. Who knows if he's ever going to return? I, I kind of doubt he's going to return even in Week 17, lost season. For the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck, there's a possibility that um, Chuck Pagano will not be the head coach after this year for the Indianapolis Colts. And it's unfortunate because the star quarterback got hurt early and they had a lot of dysfunction early in this season and carried off it carried out throughout the season. So, but it is what it is. Uh, Next man up hasn't been too effective for the Indianapolis Colts. I expect uh, Matt Hasselbeck to be able to not do much here. Um, I think Frank Gore had a decent week, not a blow-up week, but he had a decent week. We're talking about maybe 50, 60 yards in a running game, um, 20 to 30 yards, three catches, especially in PPR. That's six points and a possible visit into the end zone against this Miami defense. Who is – 29th in, in preventing fantasy points in running back to position, 25th, excuse me, 27th in the quarterback, and 23rd in preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position. So Miami's defense is just as bad, if not worse, than the Indianapolis Colts defense, which is 26th, 21st, 27th in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position. So What's that saying? To me, both these teams be able to move the football, and this should be not, I wouldn't say, a high-scoring game and a decent-scoring game with uh, fantasy points being pushed around, uh, I would think. This may be the time to use T.Y. Hilton. He should be able to get open and and, um, rack up some fantasy points for Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, Dante Moncrief was the B1 last week. I don't think he's going to be this week. Um, uh, He may give you... 10 points, 
I don't think he makes a visit like he did last week into the end zone. Um, I think that's T.Y. Hilton. Um, this is I think this is T.Y. Hilton's week. On the other side of the ball, I think uh, um, who knows what they're doing with Lamar Miller. He gets heavily used in the first half of games, and then in the second half, he's like uh, a lost soul. No one can find him. Uh, for some reason, they they get they limit the carries. You know what? Um, I think they they're going to play Jai. I really believe think they're going to play Jai and see what they have. Uh, they know what they have in Lamar Miller. Uh, this is a lost season. They, they're playing for pride. So why not bring the rookie out there and give him some more opportunities and see uh, what he can do with them? Um, because they don't, they're not, for some reason, not, not using Lamar Miller right. There's got to be something going on there. So I like J.I. to be a flex position, to use him in a flex position if, if you're looking for a running back. There's a lot of running backs hurt. Uh, people are scrambling for running backs. And J.I. it can be a perfect flex, flex for you, in my opinion. In my opinion. Um Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker are definitely targets that, that uh, Ryan Tannehill are going to be throwing. They can definitely use against uh, uh, this defense that's absolutely horrible in Indianapolis, and they're playing in Miami. So why not take the home team uh, um, and, and players? And, and uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is going to take advantage of um, and try to try to make the best of um, a bad situation in in uh, Miami, and get his playmakers the ball, uh, and hope you help and help you win your fantasy champion. Let's move on to another game. That's uh, a one o'clock game. It's the um, this is going to be a shootout. It's it, it's in ideal conditions in the dome, in in, in uh, Louisiana. We're talking about the Saints hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars, where. Blake Bortles and company have been balling out. The Allen and Allen show have been absolutely balling out, and I expect both of them in this against this Saint defense that is absolutely horrible. Even though the the, the best thing they they defend against is the wide receiver position at 16th, everything else is dead last. Tight end, running back, quarterback. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to throw the ball. And Blake Bortles, I see him getting over 300 yards, which is uh, um, standard operating procedure uh, of an opposing quarterback uh, against the Saints in in the um, Louisiana Dome. Uh, I see him getting uh, over 100 yards for the Allen and the Allen show and, and a visit into the end zone. Then I also see Julius Thomas. Not getting over 100 yards, getting a decent amount of targets. Target equals opportunities. So I see him getting targets and a vis- also a visit into the end zone. Um, Blake Bortles, Bortles has been balling out. He's going to be a, a, a cheap, late waiver wire, not waiver wire, late round pick next year. He's going to be like a Carson Palmer. I picked Carson Palmer up, believe it or not, in one league. Uh, in a couple of few leagues, <clears throat> in the late rounds. I'm talking about when I say late rounds, eighth, ninth, ten. In one league, I picked Carson Palmer up in the twelfth round. I think Blake Bortles is that type of player, and in that type of scenario, you can pick him up late. He's going to be an afterthought for for some astute owners uh, owners that are drafting next year. 
They're going to grab him up. Um, I would say early, but they're going to grab him up um, earlier than most most drafts because he's going to be an afterthought. Everybody's going to go after after the big names: uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, uh, Eli not Eli Manning, um, um, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Carson Palmer is going to be up there again. Tom Brady's going to be up there. And I know probably Drew Brees and Matt, Matthew Stafford are probably going to be up there somewhere. Blake Bortles is going to be sitting back there waiting. Just think, just think about that. We, we're going to go through a end of the season show in about two weeks. Uh, the uh, uh, the second Sunday, I think, in, in um, January, second Sunday in January, because the last week of the season is next Sunday. This, the and that's the um, the third. We're talking about the 10th, January 10th. We're going to go through an end-of-the-season um, show on the master plan, and then we'll talk about um, where we see, see guys that balled out this year unexpectedly, uh, where we see them getting drafted um, next year in 2016. But for now, I see these, these, these guys, uh, Bortles, Hearns, Robinson, and Thomas, um, Balling out against the, uh, this absolutely horrible um, defense in um, New Orleans, and quite naturally, New Orleans is a passing offense. Uh, if Drew Brees plays, he's de- dealing with a torn plantar, plantar fasciitis that um, he's going to throw for 300 yards and, and about three touchdowns because the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, especially um, on the road. Is really not that good. They're down on the bottom of the uh, um, rankings in on defense against the quarterback, running back, and tight end position in 28, 23rd, and 27th. They defend the pass just like the Saints. Defend the pass a little bit better, just like the Saints are 16th. The, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are 15th, preventing fantasy points in the wide receiver position. Looks like Marcus Colson's not going to play. That means more targets for possibly uh, – Willie Sneed and um, and um, Brandon Cooks. Um, he's been great at home, meeting Brandon Cooks. He's totaled over 100 yards and scored in their last two home games. Um, Willie Sneed has, has uh, uh, all of a sudden came to life uh, with a 122-yard effort. Um, but if Breeds isn't under center, all three were um, uh, would be – um, not as um, favorable or not as wanted to be on your fantasy roster or you temper your expectations. You, quite naturally, they're going to be targeted, but you're talking about um, the backup compared to Drew Brees. That's a big difference. So you have to think about that. And Ben Watson uh, is also dealing with a, a knee issue, so you got to. I think he's questionable. You got to see where he stands. Um, uh, and and the, he at the four o'clock game, so it's a, a game. It'll be a game time decision. So that's why I was talking about if you have Ben Watson on your roster, um, and Kyle Rudolph is sitting somewhere on the waiver wire or a free agent for some reason, it, grab him up. That's an excellent. An excellent backup um, because in, in the ideal scenario, Ben Watson doesn't go. It's the 4 o'clock 
you know you have Carl Rudolph sitting in, in your back pocket that you can use. So just remember that. All right, let's move on to our next uh, uh, matchup, which will be the 49ers uh, versus the uh, Detroit Lions in Detroit. And Blaine Gabbert has suddenly de- reverted back to being Blaine Gabbert. And they're on the road, and Detroit's playing well. Uh, their offense is, is clicking in all cylinders. And uh, um, the uh, just like the Houston Texans were playing um, merry-go-round with their quarterbacks, that's what the uh, San Francisco 49ers are doing with their running backs. Um, now I think it's maybe uh, Kendall Gaskins up. Sean Drone has injured his knee and is not uh, uh, certain to play. So it could be Trevor, uh, uh, Kendall Gaskins as the starting running back. Really, um, I can't in all consciousness have you play any of these um, skill position players from the San Francisco 49ers, especially against a Detroit team that's been playing pretty well uh, defensively, even though there's um, overall they may be um, – um, not as strong as you think, but their defense has picked it up in recent weeks, and their offense as well. Uh, Matt Stafford should be able to throw on this defense uh, without a doubt, uh, get close to 300 yards, throw for a couple of touchdowns. I, I like Amir Abdullah. Uh, I know they have a, 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 a threesome that they use in here, but I think the most dynamic player of the three of Amir Abdullah, Joyke Bell, and Theo Riddick, who they use a lot in the passing game, is Amir Abdullah. And uh, they can be run on. I'm talking about the San Francisco 49ers, who are 31st against preventing fantasy points in the running back position. So I think uh, Amir Abdullah, you're looking for a running back? Um, I have Amir Abdullah sitting out there, and I would definitely play him in this situation. I think he can get you uh, definitely uh, flex um, some decent flex points, uh, and possibly, possibly, things go right. Uh, I know it's the championships, and you, you, you don't like possibilities, but I, I like him uh, in a low-end RB2, and definitely a, a, a flex issue, I mean, flex option here. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Calvin Johnson. Um, Golden Tate, two touchdowns last week. Um, I, I, I see Golden Tate getting into the end zone at least once. I, I got to believe the last two weeks, Calvin Johnson's numbers have been this. In each game, one catch, 19 yards. I got to believe he's going to get more than that and absolutely get a chance to to, to um, visit the end zone with a touchdown catch. Got to believe it. You got Calvin Johnson. You can't sit him on your bench. I know it's a temptation, but you can't sit him on your bench. You got to play him because in your championship round, you don't want if you were able to win and get to your championship round. I mean, round with Calvin Johnson doing what he's done for the last two weeks in the playoffs. Uh, God bless you. And you got you got to think one one week out of here, out of the, the rounds you put him in the playoffs, he's got to be able to come through for you. And I got to believe. <clears throat> it's this round. You've had him this this far, so you might as well use him again. You'd rather have him sit on, on your starting roster than on your bench and go off. So play Calvin Johnson. 
<laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, another matchup that uh, uh, I like here, and that's the uh, Cowboys visiting the Buffalo Bills, and uh, quite naturally. And I said Rex Ryan's overrated. Well, his defense should show up this week. You're probably playing Kellen Moore. So Matt Castle got benched. Even if Matt Castle plays, it's still a, a hell of a matchup for the Buffalo Bills, um, who are, for all intents and purposes, out of the playoffs. The Cowboys are 4-10, and ten, are in the final stages uh, of uh, accepting their lot this season. It includes a very effective scoring offense. The Bills, uh, out of any contention, they're 6-8, and eight, so they're playing for pride. They're 3-3 three and three at home. Um, I got to believe going up against the third-string quarterback, fourth-string, whatever you want to call him, and Kellen Moore, uh, with a uh, <clears throat> a dead Bryant who's out this week. So they're, de- they're going to be con- dealing with a Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams along with the tight end Jason Witten and Kellen Moore thrown to him. The only viable option would be um, uh, Darren McFadden. Um, uh, I-, I would think that Darren McFadden's definitely a play here. I know Buffalo is a – uh, 13th preventing fantasy points in the running back position, but I would definitely have to play um, uh, uh, Darren McFadden here. I think he's one of the better uh, offensive weapons still on the Cowboys right now that's healthy. And so you got to play him. And, and I would think that the, uh, um, that's what the Cowboys will do to lean on him. Uh, on the other side of the ball, um, Mike Gillisey and Carlos Williams are going to be splitting carries. I see both of these guys being effective. Carlos Williams, especially, um, being effective. Um, if uh, Carlos Williams, um, is, I mean, I would say if Carlos Williams is dealing with a shoulder injury, got to play Carlos Williams because you don't want him sitting on your bench going off. Unless he, he's inactive, then you know it's the Mike Gillisey, uh, Gillisey show. Gillis Lee show. So, but both these guys are going to get their touches and should be able to run on the defense uh, of the run game against uh, Dallas, who's 28th. That's that's one of the worst things that they defend against the run. So, you, and that's one of the things that's the primary uh, option for uh, this uh, Buffalo defense. They're going to run the football. So, you got to play either one of these guys that you have, and quite naturally, uh, Tyrod Taylor and Sammy Watkins have been hooking up big time, and you got to play Sammy Watkins because um, welcome back to the real world uh, um, and balling out world, Sammy Watkins, and that's what he's been doing. So you got to play these guys, and, and you should be should be able to do well this week with the, uh, those options. <clears throat> Let's move on to the next one would be the Bears <clears throat> and the uh, Buccaneers. Bears <clears throat> visiting Buccaneers, and, and the weather should be um, in the mid 60s. And good football weather, and uh, Alshon Jeffries dealing with um, some health issues. So um, he there's a strong possibility that he'll be. It, it, he's doubtful. <clears throat> he never practiced this week. And I'm saying he's not going to play. Not practicing this week tells me that a player is not going to play. 
Uh, and how effective can he be if he hasn't practiced? That means he's not healthy enough to practice. How can he be healthy enough to be in a football game and, and produce? So that means Eddie Royal, who's who's uh, dealing with health issues also. So that's the Zach Miller show. Yeah, Zach Miller. Uh, Mark Tellens Bennett, everyone knows if they pay attention to the uh, tight end position in Chicago, knows that Martellus Bennett is on the IR. Um, even when Martellus was playing, Zach Miller was getting a lot of touches and making visits into the end zone. I can see him doing that. Uh, Jay Cutler had really limited uh, players to throw to. Jeremy Langford, one of them. So he's going to get uh, some touches and some uh, play in the uh, aerial game. And I see Jeremy Langford as a good flex position here, along with Matt Forte, uh, running back uh, two. And um, Zach Miller, tight end one, absolutely here and here, because he's going to get a lot of uh, targets in the passing game, like I said, from Jay Cutler. I don't like Jay Cutler, <clears throat> so to speak, because uh, Tampa Bay is um, middle of the pack in, in uh, defending the tight end position. And Jay Cutler, is, is, he's very inconsistent. And I think uh, they're going to put enough pressure on Jay Cutler that he's not going to have uh, um, um, an effective day. He's been held under 250 passing yards since week 11. And he's only thrown five touchdowns over the last five games. So he's good for a one touchdown. Even though he's been throwing for more scores in road games this year, but he's but he's good for one touchdown. And I see the team struggling um, and, and not playing too consistent and not able to be able to produce on the road against the Buccaneers. Uh, with the Bucs, um, Mike Evans should have a big game here. He's getting targeted heavily with Vincent Jackson missing. You got Adam Humphreys and, and uh, um, pick up, trying to pick up the slack uh, from the Vincent Jackson. But Mike Evans is the going to get targeted early and often. Targets equal opportunities. I see Mike Evans getting um, a bill here, meaning 100 yards, uh, six catches, PPR, that's 16 points. Um, and I also see him getting a, a trip into the end zone. Uh, Doug Martin, Lovey Smith has already said he wants Doug Martin to get the rushing title. That means they're going to give the ball to Doug Martin early and often against a team as in Chicago, who's not that bad. They're 19th in preventing fantasy points in the running back position. They defend the wide receiver position the best out of all their defense, all the positions, uh, skill positions, they defend the wide receiver position the best. So I expect uh, um, Doug Martin to get uh, over 100 total yards, absolutely get a uh, uh, touchdown, whether it's running or passing. Uh, Charles Sims is also used in in the passing game, and I think uh, because of um, Chicago uh, pass defense against the running back position that – Charles Sims will be uh, be able to catch a touchdown pass also uh, in this game. And uh, quite naturally, with uh, the type of um, um, offense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and being able to move the football against Chicago in Tampa Bay, that Connor Barth would be a good option to use as a field goal kicker. If you don't have one that you have faith in, I, I have uh, uh, faith in Carson. Um, Connor, Connor. All right, let's move on to the next <clears throat> game that's out there, and that is the 
um, Panthers, the undefeated Panthers, going against their division rival in the uh, uh, in Atlanta. So they really want to try to knock off. This is week 16, uh, or week 16, the 15th game for the Panthers. Um, and who better who better want to who, who better would want to knock off an undefeated team than their division opponent than their hated rival in the Carolina Panthers. I'm talking about the uh, 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 Atlanta Falcons wanting to knock the Panthers off in um, in Atlanta. Uh, no, no weather conditions to talk about because uh, it's in the dome, <clears throat> but they've been balling out a little banged up. I have to admit they've been a little banged up, but they've been able to pull out game after game, the uh, defense has found flaws in here, but I would play the defense in this game without a shadow of a doubt. I would play the Carolina defense because the Atlanta Falcons have been very injury prone, um, uh, turnover prone, whether on the road or uh, uh, at home. Uh, Matt Ryan hasn't been Matt Ryan of the old. Uh, I, I see him throwing for uh, one touchdown. Uh, Devontae Freeman is going to have a tough way to go. Uh, the running back uh, um, 18th is Carolina in preventing fantasy points against the running back position. That's one. That's probably their weakest point because they're top uh, 10 uh, in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position and the uh, wide receiver position. So I would think, and 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 um, <clears throat> I would think that the uh, you have to temper your expectations uh, uh, against Julio Jones and uh, PPR. He may get you some double digits, but they'll visit in, in the end zone against Josh Freeman. I mean, Josh, um, uh, uh, Josh Norman. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, last time, uh, Julio played, uh, he had seven catches for 88 yards. Julio has only scored once in the last six weeks. And that was last week in, 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 in Jacksonville. Um. So I I I I would think that Julio Jones you got to play, but against Josh Norman and the um, Carolina defense, <clears throat> you can't expect him to do too much. Um, but you got to play him. Uh, on the other side of the ball, well, you know, can't you play Cam Newton? He's going to probably throw for a couple touchdowns. Probably throw for uh, run for another. Uh, I told you weeks ago that the Carolina Panthers, and that had included um, uh, Jonathan Stewart, had the most one of the most favorable um, schedules as it pertained to the running back position, and it has panned out. I see it again here. Uh, Atlanta is 30th in preventing fantasy points in the running back position. And I see Cameron's artist pain because Jonathan Stewart is not going to play this week, um, benefiting from that. I see him running for close to 100 yards. Wouldn't surprise me if he makes a visit into the end zone. He's going to catch a couple passes out of the, out of the um, backfield. But the guy here that uh, – or guys, I should say, that are going to benefit playing against the uh, Atlanta Falcons – Quite naturally, you play Greg Olson, who uh, happens to be um, Cam Newton's favorite target. And then you also play t- big play 
Ted Ginn uh, for the simple fact is that he's been, even though he's been dropping passes, and his numbers could be really astronomical, he's been pretty consistent in catching touchdown passes to, from Cam Newton, and he's been a scoring machine for the last three weeks. He's gained at least 80 yards and scored twice in each game. Uh, he's definitely a deep threat, but he can also catch the ball on a short pass and take it to the house, too, if you give him room. So uh, just like Doug Baldwin has been hot for the Seattle uh, Seahawks, Ted Ginn has also been hot for the um, um, Carolina Panthers, and it only benefits the Panthers um, big time uh, when they need another receiving option. And Ted Ginn has been coming through. Even though he's been somewhat consistent, he's been consistent enough that he's been balling out and scoring the last couple couple touchdowns in the last few games. All right, let's move on to the next one that we got here. Moving through this real quickly here. Let's move on to the Steelers and the Rams. Do I really have to say anything here? There's really not much to play here. Um, Pittsburgh and and, uh, um, Baltimore, they're playing in Baltimore. Story division rival, Big Ben. Nobody, absolutely nobody wants to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. As, as many offensive weapons they have, whether it's rushing the football or in the passing game, nobody wants to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger uh, against this defense in Baltimore is is three touchdowns, 300 yards, I'm telling you right now. Um, D'Angelo Williams, he, he should definitely run. Even though Baltimore is, is top 10 in preventing fantasy points in the running back position, D'Angelo Williams has been steady. Eddie in doing that. So I, I expect him to, to be able to run against this defense um, in, in, in Baltimore. And quite naturally, if you got one of these wide receivers, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, or Marcus Wheaton, I see all three of those guys at least getting a visit into the end zone against the defense that's 30th in preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position. Um, only weak link in the path, passing. And, and uh, I still say that um, – Baltimore is number two in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. But Big Ben, when all else fails, likes throwing to Heath Miller. And, and if you don't have a viable option, I would say throw to Heath Miller. I mean, play Heath Miller. I would say that. I would say that. All right. On the other side of the ball, Kamar Aikens, the main target. Uh, there may be a, a shot that the, um, Ryan Mallett is playing. The Mark Tressman, who's the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, saying he thinks Mallett is ready. So it could be either Jimmy Carson or Matt Mal, uh, Ryan Mallett, but it won't make too much of a difference. Uh, either way, uh, Kamar Aiken, Jeremy Butler are going to get going to get targeted heavily because that's the only options in the passing game that they really have. Um, but they're inconsistent, and I wouldn't trust them. I'm going to play some music, and I'll be right back as soon as I I can. And they say that, and they say that, and they say that. 
20 touchdowns over the last five weeks. He has not turned the ball over at all over those last five weeks. He was only held to one score and 251 yards in the opener when he was sacked six times. And that's when Seattle wasn't playing that well in the early part of the season. Now they're, they are, they are balling out. They're playing home. They got something to play for, um, you know, trying to, trying to, to improve their position in the uh, playoffs and uh, player positioning. So uh, against a division rival at home. So they're going to try to do as much damage to the, um, St. Louis Rams as they can possibly do. Uh, like the only play I could say that to really play would be the um, running back, and their weakness, believe it or not, in Seattle is a the tight end position. And I think because of the the intense defense that they have, Case Keenum is going to be able to um, dump the ball off to Jared Cook, and he's going to give you double digits for your tight end position if you don't have a viable tight end. Um, uh, to put in, in, you can play Jared Cook. Uh, you, what do you got to lose? All right, <clears throat> let's move on to a, another game. We, we're running down to the last three games of the Week 16: Packers and the Cardinals. This is playing at, uh, at four o'clock. Do I sit or do I play Aaron Rodgers? Do I sit? Do I play Aaron Rodgers? Most most people have one strong quarterback and a maybe a decent and last-ditch effort backup quarterback. So you have to play Ram Rodgers if, if that's your main quarterback. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect too much from him. He, he, this offense has been struggling all year, and, and uh, but you have to play Aaron Rodgers. I, I expect him to throw for maybe a couple of touchdowns. Tough defense, especially playing in Arizona. <clears throat> I couldn't trust Ed, Ed, Eddie Lacy at all. Not from what he did to me last week. Not what he's from what he's done to uh, a lot of fantasy owners over the last few weeks, especially into the playoffs. So I can't tell you to play Eddie Lacy or James Starks because that that backfield in uh, Green Bay is a mess. Uh, it's tough for me to tell you to play any of these wide receivers, especially when Patrick Peterson is supposed to um, shadow Randall Cobb all over the field. Um, but targets equal equal opportunities. I can't see, see seeing that uh, Randall Cobb getting into the end zone, but I can see James Jones, who happens to be one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets, uh, getting an, enough play here that he would make a visit into the uh, end zone with a couple of um, with a few catches, and, and uh, uh, like I said, and visit into the end zone. One of Aaron Rodgers, unbeknownst to a lot of people, one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets especially in the red zone, is Richard Rodgers. Uh, so I can see Richard Rodgers absolutely getting a a, um, a touchstone catch um, against Arizona, who's that's their weakness, is their uh, 18th in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. So I see, I see that can happen. Carson Palmer, I see him throwing for 300 yards against his defense. That's really not that stellar. Uh, and three touchdowns. I see David Johnson being able to run against this Green Bay defense, who's um, – even though they're seventh in preventing fantasy points against the running back position, uh, I think David Johnson is a, is an absolutely um, number one pick. Not, I would say number one, but round one pick next year. I'm telling you right now, round one pick next year, David Johnson is. I think he takes over that running back position 
uh, next year and, and is a beast in a running in a in a passing and and uh, running back. This in a Bruce Arian offense. This is going to be a serious running back to contend with for years as long as he stays healthy. John Brown, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who hasn't been as effect, as productive uh, in in the last few weeks because of um, the productivity of John Brown and Michael Floyd. Um, uh, I see Larry a, a steady double-digit RB2, maybe RB3. These other two, RB1s. John Brown in this game and Michael Floyd, they're going to ball out. Carson Palmer is one of the best deep ball, if not the best deep ball thrower in the NFL, and they can get early deep, or early and often deep against this uh, Green Bay secondary. So I, I like those two a lot. And uh, um, that's how I see that. Well, let's move on to the next game. We've got uh, two more games to go, the Giants and Vikings. I talked about this game already. Okay, we talked about this game already, so there's no need for me to talk about that. So we only have really one game left, and that's the Bengals against the Broncos. Um, and that's in, in, in Denver where the, the temperature is going to be about 19 degrees, partly cloudy. It's a night game quite naturally. The last, I think it's the last Monday night football game, if I'm not mistaken, uh, of the year. And uh, both teams need this to win badly. Uh, Cincinnati is trying to hold on to the – um, AFC North title, um, and uh, Denver is, is also trying to do the same thing. This is actually a battle for the number two seed, and a weekend off the 11-3 Bengals can lock down that with a uh, uh, with a win and remain one game behind the Patriots for the number one seed. The 10-4 Broncos will become tied with the Bengals but have the head-to-head tiebreaker with a win. So this is an extremely important game. And Tyler Eifert is not going to be a option for you because he's still in the concussion protocol. Um, uh, A.J. Green is, is dealing with an injured back uh, that he got last week. And uh, more than likely he'll play this week quite naturally. Peyton Manning's not going to play. C.J. Anderson has been limited but is expected to play. A.J. McCarron going against that uh, vaulted defense, even though they got torched last week by the uh, um, Pittsburgh Steelers, who no one wants to play. And But Denver is number one against the quarterback and wide receiver position and preventing fantasy points. That's me. That means uh, uh, even if they try to run the ball, they're number 12 against preventing uh, – number 12 in preventing fantasy points against the running back position. Um it's going to be very difficult with A.J. McCarron as the, main, as the quarterback and Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill running the football, um, sharing the football, running it, that there's going to be any fantasy relevance for anyone on this team. Now, quite naturally, if, if you have one of these running backs, um, I would play him if you don't have any, any viable option. Um, also, if you have A.J. Green, I would definitely have to play him. But if you if you have better alternatives, he sits on the bench uh, and watches the rest of your uh, team play. Mike Nugent, I think they're going to be able to move the football, maybe not get uh, enough um, uh, visits into the end zone, but enough to be able to kick field goals. So Mike Nugent is an, a definite viable option. And along the same lines, um, I see Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Even though that the 
Cincinnati Bengals are number 12 in preventing fantasy points in the wide receiver position and number four in the same vein. Uh, being able to uh, – Damaris Thomas being able to get a visit into the end zone. It's cause This, to me, is going to be a low-scoring game and with a lot of, a lot of fantasy relevance, to, in my opinion, especially visits into the end zone and maybe accumulation of yardage. Um, and, and targets and, and receptions, but not a lot of visits into the end zone. C.J. Anderson, I think, getting uh, uh, running into the end zone, um, getting low yardage. Um, Ronnie Hillman getting a mixture of catching the football and running the football, maybe double digits, maybe a flex, viable flex position. Um, and Brandon McManus, the team may be able to move the football. Like I said, maybe not get a lot of visits to the end zone, but able to move the football enough that they'll be able to um, get them field goal tries out of it. All right, T people, uh, that's it for now. Uh, tune in next week where we're talking about week 17. I appreciate you, you uh, um, joining me. Sorry for the interruption. Hopefully you, you stayed with me and we were able to finish this thing together. Uh, good luck in your championship week or good luck in your second round of your playoffs if you go to week 17. Um, and we talk to you next week. See ya. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Moving slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Moving slow motion for me.